0: Well, good morning. My name is Amber Carroll, and I am also one of the pastors here at Hope Covenant Church. Merry Christmas! We can say that now because Thanksgiving's over. How many of you would like to say Merry Christmas all year round? I mean, how many people begin the countdown the day after Christmas on how many days are left till Christmas? I see your Facebook pages. Um, I actually don't like to decorate for Christmas until after Thanksgiving. I just I really enjoy Thanksgiving. Um, But uh, we are excited about Advent in this season. We are looking at this message series we've called, Do You See What I See? And if you've been with us the last several weeks, we just wrapped up, we spent time uh, in the series we called Cycles, and asking us to gain other perspectives, to open our eyes and see other people, global poverty and hunger and injustices in our world, and breaking cycles in our own lives, and just to open our eyes. And so we said for this Advent series, we want to ask the question, do you see what I see, and what is God's perspective? Many of us have asked this question before. Maybe you are asking the question right now. See, the Christmas story is for each and every one of us. We are in the Christmas story. The Christmas story proves that God sees each and every one of us, where we are, whatever it is that we're going through. He sees those of us who are in jobs where we feel unseen, where we, where we feel like what we do doesn't matter. He sees us in our situations where we feel like there's no end in sight. We're living paycheck to paycheck, or, or maybe we just feel like there's just no hope. We can find the hope through the Christmas story and through what God does with humanity. This year, we want to look at the Christmas story and see that it proves that God sees you. That God sees you and God knows you. And I might not know you and I might not know the deepest struggles in your lives and you might keep all of that hidden, but God knows it and God sees you. And the beauty of the Christmas story is that it is for everyone. We're going to look at the perspective of the people who chose to share the story with first, to share the good news with first. We're going to look at the shepherds. We're going to look at Elizabeth. We're going to look at Mary and the wise men and why it was so powerful, the people that God chose first to tell the story to. Um, I don't know about how many of you, uh, I don't know how many of you travel a lot, but um, I know when I travel to a place that I don't know, I have some apps that I like to use on my phone. Uh, First number one app is Google Maps, because that tells me how to get to where I'm going. And I can also search along the route on places to stop, like the nearest bathroom, or the gas station, or Chick-fil-A, which is a very important um, part of our travel experience. Or if I go to a new place and um, I'm a visitor or I'm a, a guest in this new town and I want to find a good place to eat, I use the app called Yelp. Anyone use Yelp? Yelp is an app. It ranks restaurants in the area. You can find all kinds of information. And you know if it's a good place based on the ratings it gets. My dad came to visit a couple weeks ago and uh, he was, we were excited to show him some of the best food Wichita has to offer. If you know this, Wichita has good restaurants. Guess where my dad wanted to go? The Golden Corral. <laughs> so he wouldn't take my word for it, that we probably shouldn't go to the Gold Corral because all the letters are out. And so I went to Yelp, and it had one out of five stars, and a lot of reasons why that would not be a good choice. Our night. So my dad listened to Yelp and not me. So we didn't go to the Golden Corral, which was great. We came to El Dorado and ate at Jimmy's Egg, which was awesome. Um, but if I'm going to a place that I'm familiar with, or a place that's really important to me, and there are people there that I love, who I call says a lot about me. If we were to go back home to where we grew up and where our roots were, I can think of two or three people that I would call first because I would want them to know that they matter and that I can't wait to see them. Can you relate? Think about going home. Well, scripture reveals to us this this truth of of who we tell our arrival to, how important that is, and how um, God uh, chose who to tell his news first, and how we can see ourselves in that story. So uh, what I want to also say before we move on is he he picked people like the shepherds and Mary and Elizabeth and the wise men. The shepherds in particular um, were very ordinary, hardworking, everyday people to share the good news of the story. Okay, so we're going to look this morning at Luke 2, 8 through 20. If you brought your Bibles, you can open those up, or if you have an app on your phone, you can use that. But um, this is the story of the shepherds, and uh, we're going to look at that. Many of us have heard the Christmas story, and so you probably could recite some of this by heart, especially if you watch the Charlie Brown Christmas movie. Um, But um, So let's just start there in chapter 8. And so it says, and there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And I just want to stop there real quick. The vocation of... And you can just keep that up, Tamara, as we kind of go through I'm just going to read through it. Um, the vocation of a shepherd, if you know, they, um, it says they were keeping watch over their flocks by night. Shepherds were with their sheep all the time. They slept outside. They probably didn't have good hygiene. They smelled. Um, more likely than not, if you were a shepherd, it was kind of a part of the family business. So you didn't, you didn't really have much control over your profession. You kind of were just born into the family business. Uh, You were ceremonial unclean unclean for uh, worship in the temple. You were considered not clean. Outsiders, quite possibly. And I can imagine them working in their their profession and maybe just thinking day in and day out, like, I don't want to do this. This wasn't my choice. My dad told me I had to do this. And I wonder if they were wondering if there was any way to get out. But this is what they did day in and day out. We read in Ecclesiastes in, in the Old Testament that every one of us is hardwired to wonder about more, to wonder what it might be like, what heaven might be like, what a, a different way might be like. We are just wired for more. I don't know about you, but maybe you're feeling that today. Maybe you're in a job where you're thinking, man. There's got to be more than this. God, do you see me? Do you see what I see? Paycheck to paycheck, this is just exhausting. Let's keep going on the story. It says, they're keeping watch over their flocks at night. And then it says, this is where the angels appear in the story. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. Now, if you can imagine, they were at night, and they didn't have streetlights, and so it's probably pitch black. And an angel shows up, so of course they're terrified, right? And in the, when, in the Bible, when an angel shows up, they're always they're always scared. This doesn't say what angel it is. Um, they, maybe it was the angel Gabriel, but he says they were terrified, and the angel said to them, "Do not be afraid. I bring good news." That will cause great joy for all people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. So, this is the angel is telling the shepherds the Messiah is born, and I'm gonna. Get, and here's the sign, and he tells them where to go. The angel was like their very own Google Map. Okay, it says. Um, Today in the town, okay, this will be assigned to you. You will find the baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. In the King James Version, it says uh, wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And then it says here, it says, (laughs) Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. So, they're in the field, it's at night, one angel shows up, and he says, don't be afraid, they're scared, he says, don't be afraid, I'm going to bring you good news, I'm going to tell you that where to go to find this good news, and then, as they're sitting there, a whole host of angels shows up. Now, another word for this would be a legion, and in, in, uh, in scripture, in that word, also means like an army of angels. So, like, they're sitting there. The whole heavens are filled with an army of angels. And an army would represent, like, a battle or, like, ready to just, like, take on the enemy. But it says that they were there. And what did this legion of angels do? What did they do? They sang. They, they worshipped. How cool is that? Like, you know, when we have, uh, when we call on the name Jesus, when we uh, accept this invitation to enter into life with Jesus, we have access to that. Like, when we're afraid, or we're alone, or we're scared, or we're terrified, we have access to that same legion of angels. That is such good news. So the army comes to join the main angel to like celebrate this good news. And so I want to, for a second, talk about the significance of them joining together in worship. Um, If you are familiar with the ancient times, it was really good news to um, have a firstborn son. Firstborn son was the, the crown jewel for the family. If they had a child and it was a boy, they had arrived. They had someone who would carry on the name of their family, who would go into the family business. They would get the inheritance. It was a big deal. And what they would do when this happened, they would announce it to their people. And back then they would uh, hire uh, like uh, paid musicians to come and worship and sing and celebrate this, this good news of the firstborn Son, and it was important. And when Jesus was born, they didn't pay a local band. They didn't pay traveling musicians. They sent a legion of angels to worship and sing. They made this announcement to the heavens and the earth that the firstborn son of God was born. So the angels are announcing it, they're worshiping, they're praising, and they're singing to the heavens and the earth. And the first humans to hear that good news were the shepherds. Ordinary, everyday, lowly, smelly, unclean, unwelcomed shepherds. I think that's pretty cool. And it says right after that, it says, when the angels had left them, this verse 15, and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. And so they hurried off. They didn't make any pit stops. I mean, they were like, okay, good news. Let's go, let's go find them. And they found, uh, so let's go to Bethlehem. They hurried off, found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying In the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what they had been told to them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured all these things in her heart and pondered them. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. The last people expected to hear, were the first that God chose. You know, God levels the playing field with who he chooses to tell. I mean, think about it. He could have told an army with horses and chariots to go far and fast to spread the good news, but he told these shepherds in the field. Why? Why did God pick shepherds? Well, we know from reading the scriptures that God is often compared to a shepherd. We read that in Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, right? Jesus comes and he says, I am the good shepherd. And in scripture, when we hear that there is a human being who is after God's own heart, the only time we hear about it, God's own heart is King David, who was what by trade? A shepherd. The human shepherd, he said, is just like me, I have a heart like mine. And he also chose shepherds because they were resourceful. They were people of the land. They 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 knew where to go. They knew how to travel. They were hard workers. They knew where the watering holes were, where the best places were. Again, they're like the little uh, their own back then Yelp service. They knew where to get the best stuff, and they knew instinctively in Bethlehem where to go to find the baby. And isn't that interesting? He doesn't say, hey, take a left at the big rock and find the, you know, they just say, go to Bethlehem, there you'll find the babe wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. Well, the symbolism in this is powerful. And I hadn't known this until I researched it this year. So in the the business, in the sheep business, when a a, um, sheep were born, occasionally there would be one that was born without a spot or a blemish. See, They were born and sold, but then when there was this one that would be born without spot or blemish, they would set it aside and care for it because those sheep were offered as sacrifice to take away the sins of the people in the temple. They were set apart on behalf of the sins of the people. And then they were wrapped in swaddling cloths, that's what they called them, to protect them from injury and from getting any type of blemish on them. And so when the angel said, you will find the sheep wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger, they knew where to go. They knew what to look for. They knew the significance of that. This baby is wrapped in swaddling cloths. This will be the sacrificial lamb, the Messiah, who will be born who will walk on the earth, who will heal the sick. He will give sight to the blind. He will sacrifice himself. He will offer himself to take away the sins of the world. These shepherds knew that they were looking for a baby who was born to die. And they knew where to go to find him. And they were the first ones to hear this news on where to go and find him. And when they did, they worshipped, and then they went out and spread the word, and the word spread fast. See, when God came into the world, he chose the ones, the people that he saw, that he knew could do it. He knew exactly what he was doing. It was no accident. The same God who sees the hardworking, everyday, ordinary people sees you and me. He looks into your life when you say, God, do you see what I see? Gosh, this is so hard. It's Christmas. I don't know how we're going to buy all the presents. It's, it's this time of year and, and I'm not speaking to this family member and, and now we got to get together and God, do you see this? Can you heal this relationship? He's a God who sees the heart, your heart's longing and desire for love or companionship. He sees your broken heart, and you say, God, do you see it? Are you going to do anything about my life? Do you even care? And God says, yes, I do. I see you. I made you. I love you. And because I love you, I'm going to send my son. I sent my son for you. And he's going to... Give his life. He's going to show you how to live to grab on to this good news that is as true today as it was back when the shepherds first discovered that baby. God says, I see your life. I know you feel ordinary maybe. I know you feel hopeless. I know you feel alone or sad. But you have extraordinary purpose. See, God's perspective on your life is bigger than any of us even can realize or know. The shepherds were the first ones to herald the good news of Jesus. You know, they didn't wait for the the priests of the temple to go talk about the Messiah, the one who was the hope of the world. if we're going to see the good news, which we so desperately need in our own lives and in our families, in our communities, we're going to have to understand that it isn't up to the, the people in high power or high status. It's up to each and every one of us because each and every one of us are created for something special, for something extraordinary. You know, coming into this place on a Sunday morning and hearing a message and singing great music is only a part of how God's plan of spreading this good news. If we want to see lives changed and communities changed, schools changed, workplaces changed, we have to understand that God sees us. God sees you, and he's gifted you, and he's put you in places where you, are, where you have the most access to resources the most access to people who need the good news. And the question is, are you going to act on it? Are you going to open up your hands and say, okay, God, I, I hear you, and I want to receive this gift. The world can change. The world has changed because ordinary people have heard the good news and responded. See, the Christmas story is good news for great joy for all people. Every single one of us has access to that. Even the people in your life that you, you, you don't understand, The people that you have to deal with, whether it's at work or at school or uh, in your home. This, this whole time of Christmas that we gather together, we buy presents and all of that, is to remember this that we have hope for a better life and hope for a future because of this. We often ask God, do you see, do you care, do you hear? And God says, yes. He says, but let me ask you, do you see what I see? Do you see what God sees in you? Do you understand just how deeply you are loved and how important your life is. I promise you that God has something big planned for your life. And it's not big in comparison to other people. It's you. Let's pray. Oh, good shepherd, as we are in this place, We ask for your voice. Lord, we want to hear what you have for us. Lord, we desire to be loved. We desire to see other people come to know you. Lord, as we are here in this, this time and this place in El Dorado, God, I just ask for the good news of your birth to spread. Thank you for for calling each and every one of us, ordinary, everyday children of yours. Lord, as we are called to respond to the call in our lives, Lord, I just pray that you give us opportunity to see where you are moving in us and around us and through us and give us the courage to walk boldly in that. Thank you for the story that you give us through Jesus. Thank you for how you used the shepherds. God, we have so much to learn. Thank you for giving us this truth and wisdom through your word and through your people. We know that as we listen to your voice, we will be able to hear your voice and call it out from all all the other noises in our lives. And so I pray, Lord, as we are moving forward in this time of year that we are responding to you and only you. And Lord, this morning as we continue in our worship, I, I just ask that as we give of our, our tithes and our offerings and we give of our prayers and our praises, Lord, just continue to use them to bless this church, this community, to build your kingdom here on earth. Thank you for the people gathered in this room and those who have who have stepped into their calling to serve you and to serve the people here. Lord, I just thank you for that. We ask all these things in Jesus' name, amen. Well, if those who are helping with us, uh, collecting our offering could come forward. And if you could take the Connect card and fill that out and turn that in. We really, really do uh, consider it an honor to pray with you and for you, celebrate life with you. If there's something um, in particular this holiday season that we can be lifting up in prayer, please let us know. And as they are passing the baskets, turn in that Connect card. And if you brought an offering with you this morning, you can do that as well.